You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. We watched two movies. Two movies that are going to make me very unsure of what to bleep. <laughs> Do I bleep the Inglorious or Inglorious Bastards? Only one of them is spelled like the actual swear word, but they're both titles. <laughs> it's the one with the E you cannot censor. That one I don't have to censor. No. Well, is that is that a trigger word? Is it a word like we have to bleep? No. We don't have to bleep anything. Especially now that we're on our own feed. By the yeah. way, if you haven't, I don't know how you're listening to this, but you should definitely subscribe to the Grolic Cinematic Universe on whatever pod podcatcher app you're using, whatever site you're using. Subscribe to our our own feed because we are no longer on the Grolic's podcast feed. We've split the streams. <laughs> We're not sharing the same stream. No. Well, like in Ghostbusters, you're not supposed to like... Cross, cross the, the streams. streams. Well, we finally uncrossed ours. We do things backwards here at Grolix. We start wrong and then make it better later. You can't cross the streams because, one, that's unsanitary. Two, we just don't need them. We just don't need them crossed. My point is, technically, we probably wouldn't have to bleep anything, but I'm going to continue doing so because that's the standard we've set. However, The Inglorious Bastards is a title on its own. Is a swear. Yes. Which one got bleeped? But not bastards. 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 Or bastards. Kind of bastards. like how Tarantino spells it in his movie. Uh, so in case you haven't picked up what we're putting down, we're, t- we're talking about the Inglorious Bastards and Inglorious Bastards. The movies. Both of them. The there's, movies. There, there's two of them with that, with very similar suspiciously similar titles uh we're going to talk about both of them today and then we're going to uh do our thing we're going to do our cinematic universe thing which i think will be interesting cinematic universe i don't know where i was going with that okay so let's go ahead and kick into inglorious the inglorious double feature so let's talk about the inglorious bastards from 1978 was directed by enzo g Castorelli screenplay by there we got there's a there's a list there is a laundry list of people here in 1944 France a group of escaped American military prisoners en route to Switzerland volunteers to steal a Nazi V2 rocket warhead for the Allies Jasper yes sir had you ever seen this before I have not I had not either I didn't know there was actually an earlier version. I did know that, but I had never seen it. This is actually kind of tricky to find. I mean, as tricky as anything is to find on the internet these days, but this is trickier than most. And then I discovered I already had it 
I had it because I got it at some point years ago because I wanted to see the original. I was like, well, Tarantino's movie was awesome. What's the original like? But uh, yeah, didn't get around to watching it till just now. So what did you think of this? Okay, so at first I was like, okay, this this movie is going to be kind of weird or, you know, it's not going to be like overdressed as, as Tarantino's was. Interesting descriptor. Okay. Yeah. I was actually very intrigued by this movie as it went on. Kind of had its funny moments and, and what, you know, they, how they kind of get together. But, um, I really, I really enjoyed this one. Okay. Um, I, I would agree with you that it got better as it went along, as we actually kind of got into the more intrigue aspects of the plot. But I got hated the humor. I hated the comedy aspects. I hated most of the characters. <laughs> I am not a fan of this movie. I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible. Like I said, there's some interesting things to the plot about halfway through. But mm-hmm. I don't understand doing almost slapstick style comedy in a World War II movie. You know, World War II, everyone's favorite war. Like I just it's weird. I don't get it. I'm not saying people can't do it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's weird. And here it's just not, in my opinion, good comedy. So like failed comedy in world war two is even worse. (laughs) Yeah. Characters that I thought were going to be a little bit better got shot in that first like scene completely killed in that truck. I swear everyone in that truck got shot, but most of them still came out of it and were fine. Yeah. And not That's, shot. What? What? One of them that came out was the one that just got like riddled. Yeah. By like three or four shots, and I was like, no, he just died. But but they all came out without any bullet holes. Well, not yeah. all of them. I I think you're right. I think some people didn't get out of there. But but there was like, if you really like watch the film and then watch that part where that happens, is like it looks like everyone but like one dude dies. Yeah. But yet, like, six or seven dudes pile out of this truck. The whole, like, yeah, the majority of this large cast that we follow through the movie. So, I mean, the basic setup here is they are American military prisoners, but they're they're AWOL prisoners, you know. They're, they're our prisoners because, you know, like in one case, one of them killed a superior officer or uh, the one guy's just a klepto. And, they're, you know, they just, they can't follow the rules. So they're all going to be whatever charged with whatever crime and discharged from the service. That's the inglorious bastards. That's our band of wacky misfits. Uh, right. It really plays that up too a bit. I'm intrigued by that idea that our whole group is essentially guys that you're really not supposed to root for. And I'm not saying I did root for them because I didn't. Most of them are idiots, and there's a large chunk of them, pretty much all of them except for Fred Williamson. I I was waiting for their characters to get shot, and unfortunately, most of them don't. (laughs) I was waiting for them to die. Like, I want this character gone, and I want him gone now. (laughs) But they're basically kind of cutting their way across World War II, trying to get to wherever. I, I guess it's Switzerland, right? Basically, somewhere neutral where they can escape. Because they have to avoid, of course, Germans, but they also have to avoid American soldiers because somehow any Americans they come across just 
automatically know that these guys are AWOL and they need to be shot. <laughs> that idea is interesting where you're following a group of guys that are like, there's nobody on their side. So they're trying to avoid and will actively get into firefights with both sides. Although if both sides show up and are fighting each other, they'll help out the Americans, which is, I don't know, right. it's, it's very strange how that goes. Well, like I say, I enjoy this movie, but there is a lot of problems. Like sometimes I thought they were still shooting Americans because they, you know, I know that the army's kind of wore same, somewhat same camouflage, but like, I was like, who are they helping in this fight right now? I mean, sometimes they are shooting Americans. And so that pretty much continues on. Um, they come across a German soldier who's basically like the German equivalent of them. And he kind of bands together with them to help them out because he's not into this whole war. So he doesn't really have any allegiance to his side. And the setup where he they pose as his prisoners was pretty good. And then basically they run across some Germans. They shoot the Germans. At some point in there, they they come across a bunch of naked chicks who are swimming, and it turns out they were all German soldiers. Even yeah, I don't all German ladies. Were, I don't think they had. I don't think there were like Not platoons really. of women German no. soldiers. But anyway, but they come across these uh, German soldiers. They get into a firefight, kill them all. Well, eventually we find out those Germans were actually Americans posing as Germans, undercover to meet up with the French and carry out this secret thing, as the description said, to uh, steal uh, basically, I guess, a warhead or at least steal the technology so that they didn't have them. Yeah. Yeah, from this rocket. And that's the movie. So there are elements of this that Tarantino pulled from. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that now. What? Okay, so you enjoyed this quite a bit. Did you want to talk more about what you liked? Because there are, like I said, there are some things that I think are decent about it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you a question. So in the part where, you know, they get, I believe, out of the where they were imprisoned by the Germans for a little bit, and the guy goes, oh, let me go talk to him, and let me, you know, get them to pull away or whatnot. And then he yells Americans, but he yells it in a way like where he's like trying to warn them. Yeah. So I was wondering, do you think that he was turning on them or do you think he was trying to like warn them that they're about to be all shot? No. See, that was – it was after the bit with their, where they were prisoners. They got into a firefight with some actual Germans and then later they come across other Germans that turned out to be Americans. The Americans hit off and since he's German, he went up to see what the deal was, what they were doing, if they were going to move on or what. And then he turns around and yells, Americans. And – it seemed like, and how the bastards took it, is he was ratting them out. He was turning on them and like mm-hmm. pointing them out like, Americans, over there. So they all jump out and just cut them all down. However, and they realize that after the fact, one of them at least says so, he wasn't turning on them. He was saying Americans, as in these guys over here dressed as Germans are Americans. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe he could have done it that in a little bit more smooth manner instead of just just spinning around and shouting Americans. But uh, no, he was just trying to tell them, hey, these guys are Americans. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, they didn't either until after the fact. I I do want to say, though, the the German that just got cut down, I want to say that's one of the few maybe slight inspirations Tarantino picked out of this was just 
that the inglorious bastards roll around with a German who kind of flipped against Germany. And then the next part is about as close. There is like a secret plot, a heist of sorts, but obviously it's way different than anything Tarantino does. However, the one similar thing is that there is an English speaking, whatever general type person or whoever who also speaks German and poses with other people that don't speak German undercover as a German. And like, there's some tension just from that situation. It's basically the whole bar scene in Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards is the big train heist in this movie. Right. Obviously way different, but like there's that little element of it that, and in Tarantino's movie, uh, they meet up with, you know, they go undercover as Germans and work with the French. So, you know, that's definitely the setup of their little heist here. That's about the, as far as I could tell, though, that's the extent of the similarities. These are a group of people that the American government, they, they would try them and charge them as criminals as opposed to this is a secret covert group that's supposed to go in and, you know, be the scary monsters for all the Nazis. What did you what did you think of the whole train heist like the way it was done and I like the idea of it. I like the idea of a World War II train heist. At the, at the core like it's it's pretty cool. It's a good idea. There's potentially a lot there's a little tension there, but there's potentially a lot of tension there. I don't know how plausible it, it is, but the execution of it like from a film standpoint it was okay. It was okay, I guess. Mm kind of cheesy with the the dude on the motorbike driving around but that's that kind of comedic tone creeping back in and also a couple of them got taken out or shot and Mm -hmm. it was kind of dumb like it was dumb basically they just kind of totally let their guard down it's like what what are you doing you're on a train full of nazis of course you can't just like "Oh, oh, oh we made it it's like no you're still on the train Right. So then he was it, and then he throws that dude off at the end. Yeah, Fred Williamson. He's probably dead. Off. Yeah, probably. Well, he got yeah, he got shot. He's one of them, right? He like he got shot. Yeah. He got shot, and then he throws. He gets in there after he's gotten shot. He's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna take a breather, and he's like, I'm gonna just throw you off the train. <laughs> you know, like I get he's saving him from the explosion, but like he's probably on the side of that hill dead. The idea is like he could survive. And he's off the train. He's away from the explosion. But mm-hmm. also, he was shot. It It's very possible he's probably, in you know, would die. <laughs> like, he didn't save him from anything. Overall, I think I think the production of this wasn't bad. The sets looked pretty good. What was it? Where they come across, like, this long stretch of road where, and you can see way down there, where it's just, like, backed up vehicles, like army car trucks and stuff just destroyed like everybody was wiped out that's a lot of actual like heavy world war ii era machinery sitting there and i was like they, they they had resources for this movie i'm very curious now actually what the budget was because i get the impression this wasn't exactly like a big budget movie but they had to have some kind of some kind of a budget that info is not available to me what else you want to say about this you know this is of course a man movie but <laughs> Yeah, it was entertaining for what what it showed. 
Okay. Like I said, there is there are some things wrong with it, but there's also kind of little funny moments. Not almost said jokes, but like funny moments that happen. But like I said, I, I believe it was it was pretty entertaining. Okay. So let's go ahead and go to star ratings because I really don't have too much more to say about it. I want to go four. I'd probably watch this again. Okay. So how's your uh, two and a half star rating over there? Is that what you're banking on? <laughs> that or three. Your your guesses are usually pretty good. I'm going two. Two stars out of five. Okay. The two stars because I feel like this was a decent plot idea that somebody then, for whatever reason, grafted into, and mind you, grafted into, not like they grafted on comedy to a good plot. They shoved this plot mm-hmm. into a bad comedy. And I feel like the comedy is not good. And I really kind of hate a lot of the characters, and I hate the tone. I just don't like that certain... It's got this very... Makes sense this is 78, but like 70s, 80s, I don't want to call it slapstick, but this just like, well, it's kind of like a wacky party comedy tone, and I I kind of hate it. I kind of hate that mm-hmm. tone, and I really hate that tone when you you plant it into a World War II movie. I don't get it. So, like, that's obviously, that's where a lot of my stars went away. That's where I lost, it lost a lot of stars. But, you know, there is an interesting plot there. There are a lot of explosions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. Definitely a lot of explosions. That first scene when they're, you know, where I swear we see every main character in the movie get just blown away by airplane gunfire. That whole scene, like, there's explosions pretty close to people. Like, there's pretty well done little action scenes. It's It's not a total waste, but... Overall, I I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, I like I said, I would probably give it another chance just to really. It's a, would it, I would it be in my collection? Probably not. Four stars, dude. It's okay if you liked it. You can yeah, like but, it. No, like I'm saying, like I like dumb liked comedies, it. just not this. I one. liked it, but would I have it in my collection? Probably not. That's what I'm saying. From the wacky, I don't know how to set this up. From the wacky battlefields of World War II to the slightly less wacky battlefields of World War II. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's jump into Tarantino's Bastards. Uh, the 2009 Glorious Bastards. In Nazi-occupied France during World War II, a plan to assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers and it coincides with a theater owner's eventful plans for the same. Okay. Yeah. This is directed, of course, by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Hashtag Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Uh, written by Quentin Tarantino. It stars Brad Pitt as Lieutenant Aldo Ryan, Eleni Laurent, Christopher Waltz, Eli Roth, of course, Michael Fassbender, Diane Kruger, Daniel Brühl, Till Swagger, and Jackie Ido. And B.J. Novak, that's another good one, B.J. Novak. Had you ever seen this before? Uh, this will be the third time watching this movie. Okay. Yeah, this is one of me and my brother's uh, favorite movies we, watched, we have watched together. I, too, had seen this before. I may have seen this in the theater when it was released. What are your general thoughts on this thing? I watched this since 2009, so I was 20, uh, 21. But, Jasper, this is rated R. I know. Okay. I was still okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, we watched this. I believe we didn't watch this in theaters. We watched it on DVD when it came out. This was probably, to think about it, this is probably the first Tarantino movie I watched. 
I was almost even being 21, I was almost told not to watch this movie, how, how bloody it was and which was weird. Cause I was 21 at the time. <laughs> that is weird. Yes. Yeah. So who, who told you not to watch this movie? Cause it's bloody. My mother. My mother. Jesus, you are such a mother's boy. <laughs> well, I didn't listen to her, so there you go. You rebel. <laughs> but, sure, uh, your mother was so disappointed in you, I, I bet. She's disappointed me every day. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus. She doesn't love me. No, <laughs> we watched this one, and I think we laughed more times than we were like, holy crap. I mean, the movie is kind of almost from start to finish a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tarantino loves his his bloodbath. He does. But there's so many things we got from this movie. The Bear Jew, uh, the shootout at the theater, the pub shootout. It was a man's man's film. <laughs> okay. You know, keep going back to that. I don't know why. It was high action. And like I said, Brad Pitt. I think Brad Pitt was the pinnacle of this movie because he was just, just hilarious. It's not a role you really see like Brad Pitt in. What did you think of it? Yeah, I love this movie. I think this is a great movie. It's not necessarily perfect, but man, it does so many things right. I kind of don't like a lot of the aspects that you pointed out that you really liked. And it's not that I don't like them, but I feel like this is a very over-the-top movie. There's a lot of performances. Like Brad Pitt, I enjoy Brad Pitt's performance. It's obviously a comedy performance. But it's a little much. Like, it's kind of cheesy how over the top it is. I can see that. That said, though, if you look at Christoph Waltz, his performance is just as over the top. But I love it. Like, I love Christoph Waltz in this movie. The goofier he is, the better. Because you do get that juxtaposition between goofy, you know, that's a bingo moments. And Mm -hmm. the Jew hunter or whatever they call him. Serious, scary moments. Uh, I really like that. Christoph Waltz is awesome in this. Eli Roth, I don't know what it is about his face is so hard to look at, but I I think he's actually okay in this. The lady that plays Shoshana, I think she's really good in this, but I don't know. It's such a strange mix of, I mean, I, I guess that's an ongoing theme with Tarantino. He really likes clashing tones and manipulating the audience. The opening scene of this is a perfect example of that where it kind of bounces like the whole scene is very tense, but he'll inject these like really goofy things in there. Like when Christoph Waltz, like it's pretty tense, but Christoph Waltz at one point pulls out this ridiculously large pipe. It's kind of a comedy moment, but that signals the actual like real dark turn the conversation takes. So it's just stuff like that is really interesting. I forget how, goofy and over the top he'll take this movie at times just some of the music cues i mean it's perfectly tarantino but when you bounce out of certain scenes because i mean this movie okay so there are there are comedy moments but it doesn't bug me in the way that the other inglorious bastards bugged me because it's not like just stupid wacky comedy the comedy serves a purpose and i think a lot of it is there just to you know some of it's there just to because it's Tarantino is like, well, that'd be cool to have that little, every time we see the, what's his name? The Schultz or whatever his name is. The, uh, the one German guy that's on their side. Every time we see him and he gets like, he's got the little guitar tone and just very out of place. That stuff is, is kind of, it's goofy and, and as equally over the top as some of the comedy in Inglorious Bastards. 
but it's cool <laughs> or it sets up like a conflicting tone that really makes the more serious or darker or tense stuff um, stand out more. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the comedy's used better here. Like you said, it's not it's not cheesy as the other movie was. Mm-hmm. It's more used to kind of get you to like kind of drop your guard, and then you know then the then the dark moments hit. It looks so good, too. This movie looks great, and you know Tarantino's still doing the chapter thing, doing the chapters at this point. Like he's done that uh, for several movies now. I think it works that way. I think he's good at setting up these smaller scenarios that still fit together to make a whole. I mean, I guess he's really just breaking the scenes, like distinctly identifying here's a sequence or a scene or whatever, or a subplot. It's very confined. We're going to do it. We're going to, this is the setup of Shoshana introduce her character in a scene that she's not even in till the very end. Stuff like that, and then we're going to move on to the next thing. We're going to introduce the bastards. Mm-hmm. But I like that stuff. I actually, I kind of feel like, with the exception of the whole scene in the bar, which I think is great. I really like that scene. It's very tense. I just want to smack the crap out of, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Michael Fassbender in it, and Schultz, because they they make that situation go bad. Um, mm-hmm. They are not playing it cool at all. However, you know, stepping outside of the story, I really like that scene. But for the most part, the bastard stuff is kind of my least favorite stuff. I really like the whole Shoshana storyline. I think yeah. that, that stuff is awesome. It's weird that even... <laughs> it's amazing he didn't figure out how to rope movies into... Uh, Django Unchained or Hateful Eight, but I guess if you go before movies were a big thing, you can't talk about movies. But it's amazing how movie and cinema focused this movie is. Tarantino makes a World War II movie, and it's still all about movies. I was going to ask you too. What did you What did you think of uh, Fastbender's acting in this one? Because I really I really liked him in this one, just because how he kind of always like looks really <laughs> off. I like Fastbender. I feel like he's not great. I don't necessarily think it's the acting. I think it's a creative decision. It's like a lot of characters. I mean, when we're introduced to him, we're introduced to him with an old British general played by Mike Myers. Like it's, there's a weird conscious decision to make most of these characters intentionally extremely goofy. And that's so, it's so odd to me. Some of them I don't mind like Christoph Waltz, Brad Pitt, like I, I could deal with to a point, like it's a little cheesy and Michael Fassbender's character even still is fine, but he's one of the more really over the top in a way that kind of bugs me. Mm. And I don't think it's great, but you know, <laughs> relative to, I don't know. Like, I think the movie overall is a great piece of cinema. So, you know, when I say somebody in this is not great, I'm not saying they're like, I'm not saying they're like Razzie level bad, but you know, I, I there's a, some characters I wish were kind of reeled in a little bit. He's one of them, but you know, whatever. I can see what you mean. Mainly, it's mainly his British accent seems so ridiculous to me. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah. Most of the bar scene, I think he's fine, but 
I always like Walt too because he, like you said, he's like funny, but he can play an extremely dark guy. Like it's the turn too. Like it's just instant, instant switch. Mm-hmm. I think part of what's interesting about his performance, I'm trying to nail down what I really like about it, because he'll definitely he'll just chew the scenery, but he seems mm-hmm. he seems natural. Like he comes in and it's like he's, and maybe that's the character, but like he just seems extremely relaxed, even in the tense scenes. It's, he just seems natural. Like he's just yep. He's just, I'm just here, just doing this thing. Like I don't know. It's it's he's he's got an interesting air about him. All in all, I mean it's. One, it's a really long movie. It is long. You know, was it two hours, 33 minutes or something? Does it feel long to you? Because it does not feel long to me. This this last rewatch, I was actually surprised. I kind of breezed through it. And I know it's a long movie, but... Yeah. yeah. It it seemed... I'd almost say like midway through, it seemed to drag for a second. And then it, then it was like, oh, it's over already, you know? And for me, the scenes that... It's some of the bastard stuff, and most of that moves real fast. We uh, honestly probably don't spend that much time with them, but it's, it's some of that stuff, especially their introduction and the when they do the big bear Jew introduction thing like that. That part kind of drags for me a little bit, but for the most part, everything else like there's you know it's it's that it's got that Tarantino tension where most of the time it's just people sitting around eating, but there's this they're in a scenario that's extremely tense. There's so many scenes of people sitting at a table talking where it's just like, you're kind of on the edge of your seat watching these people just kind of sit back and talk. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of amazing, but whatever, that's Tarantino's strength, right? That's what he does. Right. So plot wise, how, how, how do you feel about the plot? I do like, I forgot her name now, but how they kind of Shoshana. Yeah. Shoshana's, I like how they kind of interjected that story on top of, you know, this misfits group story, you know, Mm -hmm. he blended it very well that it wasn't like it didn't go off on a totally different tangent. I just like how the kind of the movie rolls, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It just kind of flows. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say it's, it's interesting because they're really two different movies. Yeah. That obviously build to the same climax even at that moment they both build to the same thing they're still not really connected one group at no point knows what that the other group is even even exists and that's kind of fascinating so how do you feel about Django's what next episode i think so we'll we'll touch on this very soon but tarantino for the most part can't make a straight period piece unless he's making a period piece set in the 70s so how do you feel about it's mostly music, but uh, the out of period elements of this movie? Again, it's mostly music, but it's also style, stuff like that. It's kind of hard to put. Try to find the, the words. Okay. Well, keep thinking. For the most part, I think it works. It's weird in a couple parts, but instead of really taking me out of the story, it's just like it takes me out and it's just like, Remember, this is a Tarantino movie. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I get it. I'm back in it. Uh, the only one, there's really only one that really throws me because for some reason having, you know, the 70s music cues and stuff, that's fine. That kind of works for me. But then when we go into the 80s music stuff, like when uh, Shoshana's, she's getting dressed before the big, like, 
her revenge plot is about to uh, get kicked off. And she's putting mm-hmm. the makeup on or the lipstick on. And it's got like a very 80s sounding song playing. And the way it's shot feels like an 80s music video to me a little bit. And that's not really a Tarantino thing to do. But, I mean, I think it's a cool sequence. But that feels yeah. the most out of place. Because that's almost like, if that's not just like a music cue. That's like lifting a scene out of a totally different time period and dropping it in here. And, you know. It's very stylized. It's got, uh, she's looking out the window and it's got the big swastika signs out there. And it's just, I don't, it's so weird. That's the one that takes me, I think, out of it most. I appreciate it, but it's, that's the most jarring section to me. Sometimes the, like where they would stop and then like, you know, they do a title, you know, title card or whatever. You would usually be like, oh, now I'm lost, you know. But then Tarantino kind of makes sure. You know, you're used to that kind of thing, I would say. Obviously, this is all fiction anyway. But even in fictionalized stories set in World War II, they don't usually drastically alter actual world history. Right. (laughs) This movie, that does that. It drastically alters world history because they essentially end World War II, blow away not only all of the Nazi high command, but Hitler himself, very graphically. And it's one of those things where I remember the first time watching it. I did see it in the theater because the reaction everyone in the theater had, it was the same reaction I had where especially, you know, the guys are shooting at the end. There's just blah, 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 machine gunning all the Nazis in the theater. And then you get the close up of like Hitler's face where they machine gun his face. There's a beat where everybody's like, Oh my God, that's gross. And then they're like, wait, what? And then everybody's like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just a small little roller coaster ride. <laughs> if you don't know it's coming, you're like, wait, did they just kill Hitler? Okay. Okay. Just a little bit of shock. And then everybody's on board. How do you feel about that? I think it's very interesting. I thought it was kind of fun. So yeah, like you said, it's kind of just a little roller coaster effect. You're like, what the, what? Okay. Hold on. The theater and all that stuff, man, that stuff gets like just. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. At one point, you're like, the hell is even going on? You know? <laughs> I really like I like her plot. I like that the movie, like a lot of Tar- Tarantino loves him, some revenge stories. And this is full of revenge stories. But, like, it's Shoshana's revenge story. But more than that, it's like a revenge story, you know, for everybody that the Nazis killed. It's an anti-Nazi revenge story. It's just a revenge story of the world for the world against Hitler. I don't know. It's kind of amazing. And maybe it's in bad taste, but it's also kind of cathartic. I enjoyed it. When I first watched the movie, I thought this movie was all over the place. But now when you watch it, when you're watching it as, as a film, I should say not as like just a movie. It's, you know, it's pretty crazy. What do you think of, uh, the the character the the German character the actor guy oh Mister Superstar yeah who hits on Shoshana does kind of annoys her oh I just think he's kind of a <laughs> well no he's definitely a jerk but I think he's kind of an interesting character mm-hmm. because he's treated yeah he's a jerk and it becomes extremely evident the more he's around but he is treated like a normal character. Whereas we don't get any other Nazis that are handled that way. Even Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz is 
pretty much the villain that you know beyond the obvious villains like the 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 historical figure villains like Christoph Waltz is the villain and this guy is not necessarily a villain but he's handled more like just a normal character and I find yeah. it kind of interesting to where you, I don't know I don't like him but it doesn't treat him like a villain like it kind of gives him a little bit more depth in a way I don't know I was kind of fascinated by that that said, I mean, I, I do kind of hate his character. <laughs> like he's a smaller cog in the in the bigger machine. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. He's kind of in, inconsequential, except mm-hmm. he's a kind of a plot device. He provides a connection between Shoshana, who now happens to own a theater, and getting all the Nazis into that theater. But he's a weird character to include so so predominantly. But it was interesting that that he's in there. Also, random Samuel L. Jackson voiceover in like one scene yeah which is always kind of out of the blue (laughs) i I think (laughs) tarantino likes working with samuel and i don't blame him like samuel jackson's super cool but i this is one of those things where i think tarantino's like i want you to be in this movie and samuel jackson read it and is like there's no role for me and he's like well i don't know but i want you in this movie and so it's literally just like here here here's some voiceover just to get him in there yeah, yeah. I guess that's all I really have to say. I hate the chapter title of uh, Attack of the Giant Face or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that chapter title <laughs> name, but whatever. I get it. I do like her. It seems unnecessary, but I do like her plot of filming. <laughs> She's got to film that little scene to play as they kick off their their Nazi roast. Seems like an unnecessary risk, but, you know, whatever. It makes for cool cinematic uh sequence right 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 <laughs> oh, oh, yeah those nazis totally got roasted <laughs> i want you off this podcast and i want you off now <laughs> them oh. roasted i guess you're just gonna them have to, i guess you just have to edit me out away away <laughs> <laughs> oh my god don't ever do that again do a <laughs> All right, taking off the headset. See you later, Randy. <laughs> Where are we going? We gotta make a cinematic <laughs> universe you, with Nazis. Star ratings, sir. Star ratings. Are you ready? Get get pepped. Get pepped up. You're gonna go with five out of five. I I hate you. You you were wrong on last time though. Five stars. Well, I cheated this time. I saw your uh, Twitter. I know. God, I tried to delete them off because it auto posts. That's I, I try to delete them off before you see. But most of the times, I do not look at your Twitter. I think it's now a game for me to try to guess your star rating. This time, I cheated. Yeah, no, I'm going to go five stars because I know I had complaints, but that's just because, like, I, I can't just praise it. I can't. We, it wouldn't be ex- interesting if we just sat here and praised the movie the whole time. There are little little things that bug me a little bit, and it's mostly the performances and stuff. And then most of the other stuff I mentioned are just not don't really bug me, but they're interesting, like the some of the music cues that are out of place. But that said, like I think this is I actually really enjoyed this viewing more than I expected. And I always liked Inglorious Bastards, but you know this season rewatching all of the Tarantino movies, and we're getting up towards the end now. This one sits higher in my rankings than I would have expected, man. This is super enjoyable because I feel like it has 
it has all the cool, all the Tarantino cool. It's got really good tension, and I think it's got tension with stakes that are more, maybe not higher, but seem a little higher than some of his other movies. And mm-hmm. and it looks so good. Like it looks so good, and like his all of his movies look good, but it kind I think it comes down to setting. Like Pulp Fiction looks amazing, but it's still most of most of it's in the city. Uh, or Reservoir Dogs is looks ugly, but that's just because the setting is ugly and you know it's it's kind of low budget. But this one looks great. Also, knowing that Tarantino does like no digital anything makes it even more impressive because it's not necessarily even like incredible vistas that they kind of touched up or enhanced in CG. It's or with CG like they went and got those shots because Tarantino's a nut like that. So yeah, I don't know. Awesome movie. Five stars. What do you think? I gave it five stars. Again, this is a movie I always watch with my brothers. And just, like I said, it's just so weird and, and just so intense that I really can't give it any lower rating. You know what I mean? But it's so well crafted too. Definitely. I feel bad for really kind of writing the original for its weird tone and being set mm-hmm. in World War II. Because this movie is exactly the same where when I think of this movie, it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. But it's also a World War II movie in which the villain is known as the Jew hunter. Like, it shouldn't be fun. But it is. Yeah. But it is. And it's okay for it to be fun. You almost like the Jew hunter, too, just because how crazy his character is yeah like he seems like he could be likable if he weren't a a jew hunter (laughs) right like the jew hunter yeah i maybe it's just the way it approaches it so the studios decided it's been a while since they've made a a big epic war movie and why not go back to everyone's favorite war ww2 Sounds like a wrestling event. WW2. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Inglorious bastards <laughs> and inglorious bastards. <laughs> How would you combine these two movies to make the inglorious cinematic universe? You said you had a cinematic universe, sir, that you don't think I'm going to enjoy. So, what we're going to do is we're going to take all of the characters. Uh huh. From the second one, and only about two, like the lieutenant, the pilot, and one other guy. They got frozen somehow. Wait. Okay, not the lieutenant. He's dead. Sorry. <laughs> from the original one? Are we? Yeah, from the original. So Fred Williamson and another one of the other. We'll just say, well, no, we'll just say Fred Williamson. Okay, he survived. He ran down that hill into a lake. That lake ran into an ocean. <laughs> okay. He's frozen. Okay, he comes back. Like, like Cap- wait, Captain America He's style? Captain America, basically. Yes. Oh, so, my God. Okay. So we find out that Nazis are on the moon, okay, which many old movies have, have, post, have pushed. We're going to get it right this time. What we're going to do is we're going to make a movie for each of their characters. They're going to get their own origin story, okay? And then we're going to come to an Avengers-esque movie with all the Inglorious Bastards, okay? From and both movies? Yes, from both movies. Oh, wow, this is going to be a big cinematic universe. Okay, okay. Okay. And then what they do is they find Mecha Hitler on the moon and then they fight mecha hitler okay is he like their thanos oh yeah and then he's a robot that throws swastikas big metal bladed swastikas at you okay that's cool 
Okay, and then that's how it goes. And then they may or may not defeat Mecha Hitler. I haven't wrote that yet. <laughs> they may or may not. Okay. Will there mm-hmm. will there be But Brad Pitt leads the charge, okay? Oh, so he's basically Captain America. Yeah. What about Fred Williamson? What happened to him? He's the man that knows how to take down Mecha Hitler. Okay. We got what? Sixteen movies? Pretty much that we could get out of that. <laughs> wow. Uh, will there be time travel? Yeah, because that's that's what I was going to say. And then they time travel, and then they get the original Inglorious Bastards team to help fight. Oh, okay. Okay. So do Tarantino's Inglorious team, are they the ones that get frozen, and then they go back and get the originals? Or is it just like a mix mash? No, they find out that the Nazis worked on time travel. Yeah. Which character gets the Thor Ragnarok of the of the universe? You know, I think it would be Brad Pitt's character that would get the Thor Ragnarok treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Either him or Fassbender's character. Interesting. All right, all right. I can I can get down with that. I'm diving into this far deeper than you had intended, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, so for my universe, it's going to be a little bit different. You know how Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards basically kind of like rewrites history my cinematic universe is going to rewrite the history of that movie (laughs) uh i'm trying to make connections here uh so here okay in the original movie the group comes across what they think are german soldiers but they're actually american soldiers in disguise and they kill them and then take their place What we don't know is that it went down pretty much like it did in the original movie, except Mm -hmm. it was Tarantino's group of bastards that were those American soldiers. So the original ones accidentally murdered Tarantino's group. They were the Americans because they were disguised. They were American soldiers that disguised themselves as Germans, like a lot of the movie. Okay. So <laughs> they end up getting hooked up with these France people and they go about their movie like regular. However, okay. because they're inept and just terrible soldiers in general, they basically mm-hmm. ruined <laughs> Tarantino's movie, except nothing really changes about how Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards ends because. You could, for the most part, take the Inglorious Bastards out of Tarantino's movie altogether. Shoshana's plot still works, and you still end up with the same result. In fact, them being there actually put Shoshana's plot at risk because Christoph Waltz's character then becomes suspicious, knows there's some kind of plot. Until he is suspicious of them for whatever plot they're doing, no one knows anything about a a plot. So, uh... Yeah, anyway, point is, basically, Tarantino's bastards get erased out of the movie, but it's okay because Shoshana, her plan still continues as normal and succeeds, and she kills Hitler and all the Nazis. So basically, the bastards, both groups, just ruin everything. They're all inept. (laughs) That's my cinematic universe. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Somehow, my cinematic universe doesn't make more movies. It, in fact, erases parts of movies. (laughs) 
<laughs> just, just, gets, just absolutely gets rid of them. No, okay, so that that is what I'm going Good with. Good job, Tarantino, writing that, because it does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you could actually, you could easily fan edit a version of my cinematic universe right now without shooting anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... In coming up with my pitch, and we this this episode listener has been delayed what a week, two weeks, so you know we've had time to think about it. And I thought about like, wow, there's so many characters. Basically, it'd be so easy. It's just one group comes across the other group, and then whatever happens. But I was like, mm-hmm. that's so many characters to wrangle. Forget that. That's not really that fun. Instead, let's just do this. So. <laughs> I, I basically used it as an excuse to crap on uh, the 1970s Inglorious Bastards movie one more time in this episode. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> when I'm really not happy with the movie, that's what I do. I, I then use that movie to ruin a cinematic universe. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, okay, okay. No, this was fun, though. This was a fun watch. And, and honestly, the original movie was not as hard to watch as some movies we've done for the show. You know, it's, it wasn't hard to watch. It was fine. It was in, enjoyable. Two stars is not a horrible rating. But rewatching Tarantino's movie was a joy. Like, I'm really glad we did this because I really enjoyed this viewing more than I expected. Right. And it makes me, just because in my mind they're kind of linked in a way they're because they're similar movies. It makes me super excited to rewatch Django for our next episode. So the question is Jasper, are we going to do a similar thing here? Are we going to watch an original Django movie and then Django unchained? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I think like he could have made this movie not called it inglorious bastards. And I don't think he had to worry about like any threat of a lawsuit. You know, so long as he didn't use that title, the connections are so thin. There are elements, but nothing that I think anybody could come after him with a lawsuit. However, he did buy the rights to the original so he could use the name. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's kind of interesting. But that's really the main connection. Obviously, there's inspiration pulled, but but I feel like he's pulled more heavily from other movies that he didn't buy the rights to use the name of. So I think, well, you either have to do the original Django or you have to do the Wild Wild West. What? <laughs> what? What? Why? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. No, it's such a... Oh, it's so tempting to do, though. What's the connection? Other... Oh, the connection seems obvious. <laughs> we might... I enjoyed the Wild Wild West. Unpopular opinion. I enjoyed that movie. That is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I'm an unpopular guy, so I can say. <laughs> but that's such a good suggestion for a bad suggestion that we might have to do it. All right, listeners, next episode, we're going to do Django Unchained and something. <laughs> wild, wild West. We might do Wild, Wild West. We go into the Wild, Wild West. <laughs> the, the thing is, I've been really trying to like stick to movies that are either connected to the Tarantino movie we're doing, which most of them have been. Or at least, like, quality movies. But then again, it's been a while since we really did a bad, bad movie. Or a good movie, if in your opinion. So, <laughs> we might have to do that. 
the idea of combining the two, well, that might actually really be worth it. So, listeners, next episode, Django Unchained and Wild Wild West featuring Will Smith. You know what? You don't want to lock it in. I feel you. We're locking it in. That's what we're doing. God, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> but also super excited. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a mixture of Tarantino couldn't have made a movie with this kind of mixture of conflicting emotions. All right. Well, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode. Where can they find you, Randy? Oh, hey. Thanks for asking, Jasper. Well, they can find me at randallsylvie.com or on Twitter at randallsylvie. It's R-A-N-D-A-L-S-I-L-V-E-Y. Or if you need podcast production assistance of any kind, hit me up at podedit.com. It's podedit.com. Where can they find you, Jasper? They can find me on Twitter at Caranzo Media, which is K-O-R-A-N-S-O Media and will be soon to find me on Mixer.com slash Caranzo. Sweet. And if you want to listen to more Grolic Cinematic Universe, or maybe you want to hear some just Grolic's old school, it's like Grolic's classic, Grolic's podcast classic, uh, check us out at Grolic'sPodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at GCU Podcast. And, hey, if you haven't checked it out, uh, we've been doing this uh, live stream thing for lunch, like for weeks now. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, if you go to grolicspodcast.com slash live at 1 p.m. Central Time, so that's like 2 p.m. Eastern, we do a live show and you can interact with us. And the reason I mention it here, even though most of the time it's the Grolix Podcast hosts, we pretty much only talk about TV and movies. So it's kind of like fits both shows. And Jasper is always in the comments uh, in the chat room trolling us. So yep. Until I can figure out what's going on with my audio. He has other remain there. He has troubles or you can check out you. Hey, you can hear replays. Grolic's lunchbox live on Castbox. That's where you can hear the replays or electronic media collective.com. All right. That's enough. Pimpinch 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 <laughs> that's pimpinch. Enough pimpage for today. Hey Jasper, how's your, uh, G addiction going? It's been two days since I've had some. My name is Jasper, and it's been I'm a G, G addict. It's been two days since I've had some. How do you feel, oh, Jasper? I don't think I've actually I like I've talked to you a bunch since that went up, but I don't think I really asked you about it. how do you feel about the uh, GCU outtakes. I, I don't know how many listeners actually checked it out, but man, it's so much more than an outtake. I think I couldn't stop laughing. I probably looked weird in that store parking lot. They probably thought you were on some type of a powdered energy drink. A powdered energy drink, which is known as G Fuel and his addiction. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Inglorious bastards and inglorious <laughs> bastards. <laughs> All right, sir. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Japan will get bombed. No, I'm joking. We're done. Ooh, bad taste. <laughs> bad taste. I'm actually really upset with it. I'm that, oh, that. That is. <laughs> 
Dude, okay. I think about that fairly fairly often and get real upset. We're about to go. What is it? What we used to call this? Uh, So are you about to say disagreeing with annihilating hundreds of thousands of people in an instant is a social justice warrior? Corner? Yeah. SJW corner. No, I still don't believe we should have done anything like that. It's my thing. It makes me real upset with humanity every time I think about it. Not that... How would you combine these two movies to make the inglorious yeah. cinematic universe? I'm, that right now. <laughs> I'm disappointed in humans, though. Really, you, f- you guys, <laughs> just all of you. All right. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Woo. Okay.